Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Okay, let's go into the Word. Hallelujah. Father, we bless and exhort you. Once again, we are here, God, to partake of your meal. As we see it at your feet, O oh God of glory, to digest that which you're going to give to us. With the mind for opening up our heart, with the mind, God, that your word We come in and be established. So that, God, when the storms of life come, we shall be as the people planted on the solid foundation that cannot be moved. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we continue with our study, or our, our subject on freedom in praise. And this is going to be part number four. Freedom in praise. We want to continue with that. I want to let us know that it is so vitally important and very critical for us to have the spirit of praise, an attitude of praise. I mean, we must come to that place in our life to continuously appreciate the Father for who He is unto us. And... Uh, I want us today to be able to come to that place of knowing that even things seem to be rough, things to be tough, in the course of praise, by reason of the right attitude that you have towards God, and who you know God to be, things definitely will turn around. Hallelujah. Sometimes it might look very difficult and look very foolish when you praise God, when things are rough. I mean, that is where you begin to see that the spirit of praise is not just something you pretend to do. It is something that truly comes into your life and begins to I mean, flow out. Because you've come to a place where you begin to realize that you are in the hands of God. Praise the Lord. So again, we look at our text, which is Psalm 117, verse 1 and 2. And it says, Praise the Lord, O ye nations. Praise Him, O ye people. And it goes on to say, For his merciful kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. And we said before that when you look at the word praise, it means to say or write good things about someone or something. To say or to write good things about someone or something. It means to express an approval of someone or something. And then to express and thanks, I mean with thanksgiving, love and respect. To express thanks, love to someone. All of this means praise. So we're saying that praise is not just only when you sing. It goes beyond that, but that's part of praise as well. In the course of human singing, you find that you are saying things about someone or about God. In this context, you're praising God, you're saying good things about God, you're describing who God is, you're describing what He can do. Praise the living God. So let's look at the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, and verse number 6. Hebrews 11, verse number 6. Here the Bible says, But without faith... It is impossible to please him, that is God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. He that comes to God must believe that God exists. That's what it means. Hallelujah. He must believe that God exists. And he's saying... If you don't have that kind of conviction, it is difficult for you to please God. You see, your faith here is already connected to your understanding that God exists. And that you are in the hands of the right man who can care for you, who can provide whatever the situation be, who can protect you. You come into the conclusion that God exists and therefore you can live. Because God lives, therefore you can live. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to get it because very important. Listen again. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe 
that he is, and that is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Is a rewarder of, del- of them that diligently seek him, not just that, but knowing that he exists. Might mean that that simply means you have to come to that conclusion in your life that the God you're serving has his reward for you. Especially as you seek him, as you believe in him, as you trust him. Now, it simply means your kind of faith, by reason of your belief, will be what pleases God. And then it will do for you what he's supposed to do. So when you come to the understanding that God is, you can praise him. In any situation, no matter what it is, you just have the conviction, God is. That's to say, God is alive. Praise the living God. You see what I'm saying? That's why the three children of the Hebrew, remember, read it last week, even though they were asked to throw into the fire, they said, it's like saying, we know that God is. So even if you throw us there, we are not careful to mommy to tell you anything, whether we're going to, we are not going to beg you, you're free to take us there, because we know that God is. Praise the living God. And by the time he was cast in there, we made to understand that even the men that took them into the fire, they got burned, but the three of them could survive the heat of the fire. Not just that, even the king began to see that there was a fourth man. He said, we're casting three men, but we are seeing four people. Simply means God is. He's always with you in the midst of terrible situations. He's always with you in the midst of trials. He's always with you in the midst of difficulties. God is. Hallelujah. Okay. Now talk with me in NIV. Want to read Psalm 42, verse number 1. The book of Psalm 42, verse number 1. Hallelujah. From the NIV, it says, As a deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I come and meet with God? My tears are being my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, Where is your God? Now, this is a kind of condition that some of us go through sometimes, even though we're serving God. We come to the place where people begin to ask you, you you're so fervent in serving God. You're so diligent in serving God. You're so committed. But why are all these things happening to you? But every saying that's exactly my position. I so love God, I pant after God, just like dear pants after water. But yet I see situation around me, and men are asking the question, where is your God? Hallelujah. I'm sure some of us have gone through this kind of circle in life, where people actually come in to say, well, what, this thing is going on, what do you think about it? You know, with all your commitment, all your sacrifices, everything you do it, anything they ask to do in church, you do it. But look at what is going on. Men, I'm sure, have asked you that question. They kind of discourage you. They kind of make you feel God is not alive. But don't forget one thing. They that come to the realm of belief that He is. And He said a word of them that diligently seek Him. Your faith in God will set you free from even the... The, the, the questions and embarrassment and the tough things that people bring onto your life, they certainly will be disappointed when God begins to show up. Hallelujah. Verse 4 says, This thing I remember, as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving, among the festive thrones, why are you downcast from my soul? Why is so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Praise the living God. He has to start speaking to himself. He has to begin to remember how he used to go to the house of God to pray. How he used to go to the house of God to sing praises unto the Father. Now his soul is bowed down. Now he seemingly cannot even understand what is going on. Remember what he said? Say tears have become my food day and night. That means he's in sorrow. But he comes to a place and remembers something and say, No, my soul, why are you cast down? It's about time you arise that will give praise to God. Amen. 
Hallelujah. No matter what is going on, there's a time you need to awaken yourself to the reality of the fact that God is with you and will never abandon you. Even if people are questioning, even if your mind is beginning to tell you something seems not to be working, God seems not to be working, remind yourself, he that comes to the Lord must believe that he is. Hallelujah. So David said, my soul, what is this you're trying to do to me? Remember what your soul means? Your mind, your will, your intellect, and your emotions. What is it you're doing to my whole life? You're succumbing to what people are saying. You're succumbing to the question of the arts. You're succumbing to the situations around. You're making me look rejected. I've been crying all day, all night. But answer have not come. It's about time I change the formula. It's about time I change the approach. Instead of tears, I'm going to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I said, David said, no, no, no. I can't continue sharing tears because solution is not coming from sharing tears. I can't continue sharing tears because even men cannot come to my aid in sharing tears. I can't continue sharing tears because even that does not bring God down. So I'm going to change my approach in this season. What is my season now? To praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So my soul is about time you wake up. Stop being bound down. Stop looking down. Stop counting the things that are not working. We're going to praise God. Hallelujah. So David had to realize that the time for him to begin to praise God has come. And when he begins to praise God, the Lord begins to show up. I'm trying to make you understand when you start praising God in difficult situations, God is going to show up. Amen. Look at Romans 8 verse 28. Romans 8 verse 28. Remember in 1 Corinthians 10 we read a statement. I mean the passage that tells us, No temptation that is taking you, but such that is come unto man. Remember that? Good. So that simply means, and again the Bible says right in there, God is going to make a way for you to escape. Praise God. Romans 8 verse 28. And we know, hallelujah, we know we are not pretending. We know not because people told us. We know, that is you have to come to this knowing when it comes to what we're about to see. And we know that all things, how many things? All things. We know that all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are the call according to his purpose. All things, not some things. And we know this is where your praise comes from. Because we know all things work together for good. No matter what is going on, it's going to work for my good. No matter how bad situation is, it's going to work for my good. No matter what men have set as trap for me, it's going to work for my good. All things, hallelujah. We know that is the key thing. Praise the living God. So when you come to this knowledge, man, you're going to be at rest. No matter what is going on, your praise will go up. No matter what is going wrong high here, your praise is going up. For we know all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. You begin to go back and begin to look at the story and the mind and the situation that befell Job. We realize that the end of Job's life was better than the former. And that will tell you that all things work together. No matter what the situation is, all things are working for your good. Hallelujah. Listen. Jesus made a statement in the book of and he says, If your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. If your eye is single, your whole body shall be full of light. What does that mean? If you are not seen with one eye, you see God. With another eye, you see the devil. If you not come to the place where all your focus is in God, you come to this realization that all things are working for my good. If you have not come to that place where you know that God is in charge, if you are still walking in such a situation, God is good today, the devil is bad tomorrow, then you cannot have your whole body full of light. If your eye is single, your eye has to be synchronized like the bird's eyes. 
Your understanding must come to the place where you know that all things work together for good. And then I come to the Lord and believe that He is. And there is a reward of them that diligently seek Him. You must come to that understanding. Your eyes must be single. Hallelujah. You can be seeing God and seeing the devil at the same time. You can be seeing God blessing you and seeing the devil eating up your properties. You can be seeing God on your side and the devil is by your side. No, no, no. You've got to come to that place where you know that God is in charge of my life and all things are working together for my good. Praise the living God. Are you listening to this? I want you to pick this passage and begin to meditate on it and begin to say it. You have to have some liberty, some freedom. Listen, folks, I don't believe that when I'm walking on the road, the devil is coming after me and there are no angels around me. I have my conviction. Any situation where I find myself, God is there, ministering spirits are there. In fact, I walk with God. Why? Because I'm the temple of the living God. Did you understand that? Praise the living God. So you need to understand this. Keep your focus in God. Keep your mind in God. Be synchronized in your thinking. Knowing that God is with you. Knowing that God is by your side. No matter where you find yourself. Oh, come on. David made a statement. If I ascend up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to hell, you are there. If I go down to the deep sea, you are there. Because you promise I'm going to be with you always till the end of the ages. Hallelujah. David saw that. Where can I hide from thy presence? So God is everywhere. If you want to understand wherever you find yourself, He's right there with you. Praise the living God. Amen. Alright. So, all things. How many things again? All. Makes no difference. This thing could be ugly. It's working for my good. Hallelujah. This, this failure, what is it all about? It's working for my good. Makes no difference. All things work together for the good of God's people who love Him. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I read a story recently from Mary Colotel. He wrote a book on the power of praise some years back. Very powerful book. Now, the story was that here is a family with their daughter had an issue. And the thing turned to a kind of mental issue. They've tried everything. They've called prayer bands all over the place. Nothing was happening. They were so much in sorrow. Finally, this girl was taken to the hospital. In fact, she'd been in the hospital, psychiatric hospital for that matter. And they were just going there to see her, chained down there, whatever the case may be. And the parents were wondering. And one day, somebody told her, why don't you try praise God for this thing that's going on? And the man said, what do you mean? Praise God for my daughter who is stuck in a psychiatric problem. We've been praying. We call people to pray. And the man said, just try praise. Hallelujah. Amen. And reluctantly, he called the wife. And then he nailed her. He said, well, we're going to thank God now for the life of that girl, just the way she is. And so when he nailed down, the man started the prayer. Dear God, the husband began, we know that you love us and that you love our daughter even more than we do. We are going to trust that you are working out in our life what you know is best for her. So we thank you for her sickness. Thank you that she's in the hospital. <laughs> thank you for the doctors who haven't found a way to help her. We praise you for your wisdom and love towards us. Hallelujah. That was the prayer the man offered. Now the longer they prayed that day, the more they became convinced that God was indeed doing what was best for this lady. Praise the living God. And what happened? The next morning, the hospital psychiatrist called and said, Sir, there has been a remarkable change in your daughter. And then he suggested, you come and see her. They were just thanking God yesterday. And the doctor called the next morning. Come and see your daughter. Remarkable change. This is no longer prayers. This is praise. This is no grumbling. 
This is thankfulness. Are you following what I'm saying? This is not being in sorrow. This is appreciating God. Father, we thank you and we love you. For the life of that daughter, we thank you that she is sick in the hospital. We even thank you for the doctors who have not been able to find a cure. And we thank you for being the condition she is because you have something better. Simple. We thank you. And that was the miracle that God gets. Hallelujah. The God got that miracle because the next day, what happened? The daughter called and said, Remarkable change in the life of your daughter. You better come and see who your daughter is now. So it's no longer time for sorrow. It's not for laughter. It's no longer time for sorrow. It's not for appreciation. That's the power of praise. Hallelujah. The Bible said, I mean, this guy said within two weeks, she was released from hospital. Within two weeks. Now here was somebody that been praying, plenty requests. Request for prayer groups, for intercessors, all of that. Within two weeks, this girl was released. A year later, a young man came up to this very guy who told him to praise the Lord. After a meeting, he introduced himself as a guest brother and told me that she was married, expecting a baby, and is the happiest girl in the whole world. Power of praise. Hallelujah. What is it? The power of praise. This is what we must begin to appreciate God for. This is what we begin to see in a new dimension of life. That all things work together for good. We must come to that place of realizing that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And when you begin to please Him, when you begin to appreciate Him, when you begin to thank Him, He begins to walk on your behalf. Do the impossible and making the possible. Bring it forth the miraculous on your behalf and on behalf of those that you are thanking God for. Praise the living God. So with this simple story, just thanking the Lord, that girl will release from the spirit of madness. Think about that. Praise the living God. Isn't praise wonderful? Praise is wonderful. No wonder the Bible says God dwells what? in the praises of his people. Praise the living God. So praising God, remember this, it's not a magic formula for success. It is a way of life that is solidly backed up in God's word. We praise God not for the expected result, but for the situation just as it is. I want you to get that. Listen, we always turn the reality of scripture into a formula. This is not a formula. Just like prayer is not a formula. You got to get that. Are you listening to me? Why is this so? You praise God for just the situation the way it is. Even thinking sometimes, you don't even know what the outcome is going to be. You just come to the place of appreciating God, irrespective of whether it's going to come through or not coming through. Are you following what I'm saying? Like the children of Israel, we say, even if you cast out there, we don't care. If God delivers us, fine. If He doesn't deliver us, beautiful. Did you get that? That is praise. You wouldn't know the outcome of the result of what you're doing. But you're just praising Him for who He is and for the situation. Praise the living God. As long as we praise God with one secretly looking for the expected results, we are only kidding ourselves. And nothing perhaps will happen to change our situation. Praise is based on a total and joyful acceptance of praising the part of God's loving perfect will for us. Amen? Are you listening to me? We just thank Him and say, God, we know all things work together for good. You have determined this for the season. You're going to work out the best in the, in the situation that I find myself. You just open up to God and allow Him to do whatever thing He wants to do. We praise Him because of who He is. We appreciate Him because of who He is. Hallelujah. Praise is not based on what we think or hope will happen in the future. But again, I want to show you something. A typical example of what I'm trying to bring to you now is there in Acts 16. Look at verse 17. In the book of Acts 16, reading from 17, you know this story of the young girl that was going around the dance hall and saying all kinds of things about Paul and Silas. These are men that have brought salvation to us, believe in them. The Bible made us understand that she was using a different spirit. It was not the spirit of God, but that's what she was saying. I mean, if you remember the story. Amen? 
And so we just read very fast. Here we go. The Bible says, The same follow Paul and us and Christ, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who show us unto us the way of salvation. And this is one thing I used to tell people. Prophecy is not necessarily that somebody says something that is correct. That does not make the person a prophet. What makes a person a prophet is whether he's speaking from the mind of God. This guy was saying the truth. But the question is, with what spirit? Are you there with me? Come on, do you follow what I'm saying here? She was saying the exact truth, a perfect truth. But the question is, with what spirit was she saying that? That's what matters. The source of the prophecy is what matters. Amen? Hallelujah. Not necessarily the accuracy. So sometimes some of you go out places and the person just, Oh, don't tell me this. The prophet told me this. This man told me this. Okay, fine. The question is, with what spirit? And most especially, if the prophecy comes and is trying to divert your attention from God, then you just know precisely, this is not from God. Are you there with me? Praise the Lord. Now, let me give you an example. Somebody gives you a prophecy and he said, okay, the solution to it, go and take a little chicken, take a pot, put um, native chalk in it, and take it to a junction. And break the pot and the chicken right there. That means... You will have died. You've killed the spirit that will kill you. If somebody tells you that, will you go do that? Is that prophecy? No. The source is not God. Hallelujah. Okay, look at the next verse. Verse 18. And this they shield many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same day. Go ahead, very quickly. The Bible says, when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers, that's to the judges. Verse 21 says, verse 21, and brought them to the magistrate, saying, these men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. What was the trouble? They're proclaiming the gospel. And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, be Romans. And the next thing says, And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrate rent off their clothes, and combined to beat them. And the Bible says that when they have laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Amen. Who having received such charge, trust them into the inner prison, and made their feet fast in the stock. In other words, it took them beyond, it's like it took them to a, a deeper section. And then chained their legs and make sure they can escape. And there were 25. And at midnight, glory to God, Paul and Silas did what? Prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners have them. That means they were not silent. They were not quiet right in there, far away from the main section of the prison. They were praising God with their voices, very loud, exchanging thank, good thankfulness, giving thanks to God, praising God, appreciating Him. And the, the water inside, I'm use the word. The one that was guiding them did what? He has them. What's the next thing? And suddenly there was what? A great earthquake. So that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's bars were what? Loose. How did they get that done? Praising God. Now, they were not expecting the door to open. They were not expecting any earthquake in the prison. Are you following what I'm saying here? They were just praising God without knowing what God is going to do. That's what I was saying. You don't set your eyes on what you want. You just praise him and him how to do what he wants. Did you understand what I'm saying here? Praise the Lord. They were not praising God for the doors to be open. They were not praising God for effort to happen. They were just praising God. And I will explain why they were praising God. Look at the next thing, verse 26 or 27. And the keeper of the prison are walking out of his sleep. 
And seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself. Supposing that the prisoner had been fled. He was thinking Paul and Silas have escaped from prison. And maybe other people too that were in prison at that time. And so he wanted to kill himself because now he was in danger. Look at the next thing. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm for we are all here. Praise God. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and who? Silas. And what's the next thing he said? And brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be what? Saved. We can stop that. What must I do to be saved? You tell me what to do. Remember, here was a prisoner. I mean, the prison guard who was in charge of prisoners to keep the prisoners. But by the power of praise, prison doors were open. Paul and Sarah were set free. All this talk in their legs broken. Foundation of prison shaking. And what's the next thing that is following now? The very man that was keeping them bound came begging them for salvation. Praise the living God. There's a power of praise. You can see how effectual the power of praise is in this circumstance. That's what I'm saying. When you're praising God, you don't know what is going to happen. You can't tell what's going to happen. Praise the living God. Now, the fact again is, we honestly praise God, sometimes something that does happen as a result. His power obviously flows into a situation and we will notice sooner or later a change in us or around us. What I mean is, when you start praising God, you may not know what is going to happen. You don't set your eyes on anything. But sooner than later, you're going to notice that changes are doing what? Are occurring around you. Situation begins to change. What you don't think about before begins to come to play. Just because of your praise to God. Are you following what I'm saying here? Paul and Silas, they, they were not thinking, Oh God! Come and set us free from this prison. Oh God. No, no, no. Why do you think they were praising God? These guys, I must let you know. One thing. They were not discouraged or unhappy in any way by reason of their suffering. They were so fully satisfied that they were right and have done their duty. That there was no room for regret or self-reproach. Because remember, they were arrested because they were preaching the gospel. They were arrested because they rebuked a bad spirit from the themselves. Is that okay? Good. So they were arrested for envy. Now their own praise comes from the Father. We thank you, Lord, that we are worthy to suffer for your sake. Did you get that? We are happy, oh God, thank you. For letting us suffer. For letting us be in prison because we preach your gospel. It's not a prayer to say, release us. No. They were just thanking him because we were worthy to suffer as gospel preachers. At the same time, they sought consolation from God as to render any circumstance not only tolerable but what delightful. The prayer fires for grace to support them. And for pardon and salvation for their persecutors. And then secondly, sang praises to God who had called them to such a state of salvation. And as accounted worthy to suffer shame for the testimony of Jesus. And although they were in the inner prison, they sang so loud and so heartily that the prisoner heard them. Praise the living God. So you need to get this right. You see what I'm saying now? They were in prison... Because, now what they said, they prayed, first of all, they were praying for the salvation of the one that was keeping them. They prayed, God, let this man be saved. Praise the living God. You see what the Bible said, pray for your enemies? This is one of the outcome of such prayers. When people try to pass the good sometimes, they qualify for your prayers. What are you praying for? You pray for their salvation. You pray that their eyes be enlightened to know the mystery that's in Christ. Hallelujah. And so they prayed for the prisoner. We believe that. We pray that God will save them. Pray that we come to an understanding. 
And what's the next thing that God has to do here? The Bible made us understand and shook the foundation, opened the doors, and the prison, I mean, the prison keeper have no option but then to do what? To get for salvation. Conviction came to the heart of the man that was keeping the prisoners, that he needs to be saved. What qualified him to come into this? The pray and the sign. Hallelujah. So I'm trying to make you understand. Things are going to happen this year. Things we don't know. Miracles we can talk about. They are going to come through as we keep praising the Lord. Hallelujah. We will pray and praise. Praise God. Amen. I want you to get this because it's very, very important. God is about to do some miraculous things that you least expected. Amen? When you praise in God, you don't murmur, you don't grumble. You praise with all your might. You praise with all your strength. You give God the glory. The Bible said they were praising God so loud that even the prisoners themselves, I mean the prison keeper, they heard them. It's no pretense. It's not something you, you are not calculated. You're releasing all your life to give thanks to the Father. You understand what I mean? You give him all the praise to him, knowing that he is. I say, what of them that diligently seek him? You're just praising him. You're just exalting the Lord. You're just magnifying him. Praise the Lord. Are we together? Come with me to First Chronicles chapter 16, verse number 8. Anytime I read this story of Paul and Silas, Sometimes I wonder what informed these thoughts in their hearts. I mean, think about it. You are in prison. What energy do you have? If there be some of us, what are we going to do? We start crying. And we'll be questioning God. I don't understand. You give us the gospel. We're preaching the gospel. Here we are, chained in prison, in darkness. Where are you, Lord? You remember what happened to, to John the Baptist? When he was put behind bars, and the next thing he said, message, go ask him whether he is the one or we should look for another. You know what that means? If he's truly the one, the Messiah, he can set me free from this place. <laughs> but I can't believe it anymore that this is the Messiah. But don't forget, he is the one that actually identified him as the Messiah. He is the one that said the love of God that they get away the sin of the world. John 1, 29. He said all of that. But when he came into prison, he lost the mind. The vision got lost. The revelation got lost. The situation took over. And he said, go ask him if he's the one. Because I can't believe this. With all the power that he has. Turning water to wine. With all the things he's done. Healing the sick, raising the dead. I'm here in prison. I identified him as the Messiah. He is my cousin six months apart. I'm not sure he's the one. Go find out. And Jesus simply make a statement. When he asked him the question, John asked us to ask you if you are the one. He said the blind see. Go tell him the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear. <laughs> are you sitting there with me? It's like those signs are enough evidence to prove that I am the one. He never told them I'm the one, but go tell them. The dumb speak, the blind see, the ear, I mean the deaf, the hear, the lame walk. Just go tell them that. Praise the living God. Are you there with me? But I'm trying to say, John was confused. The revelation that he had, all of those things that were working with him, seemingly disappointed him at that moment. He was seeing something else. But you see, that shall have been a moment to give thanks to God. Shall have been a moment to give praise to God. That's what I'm saying. This subject is, a, is hard. Not a little bit. It's hard. Because when you are in a terrible situation, can you still remember to praise God? But I'm saying that is when you should be praising God. It's not a time to complain. It's not a time to say, God, where are you? It's not a time to say, like John, go ask if he's the one. Do we expect another one? He is the one. You are not expecting another one. Your ministry is finished. You have to understand that. Praise the living God. Are you with me? And so Jesus has nothing else to tell me. He won't say, I'm the one. Just go tell him what you see. And blessed are those who are not offended because of me. Who are not disappointed because of me. Who lose their faith because of me. 
greatest of people. Hallelujah. So, don't go about asking God when this is happening. Where is God? You promised us so much. You told us so much. Now, where are you? Don't go asking God such questions. Hallelujah. When things are rough, give praise to the Father. Amen? Just come to that conclusion. I love Paul and Silas. They were not praising because they believe or they know God is going to open the door. They were not even praying for God to open the door. They were not praying, God, come and save us. We've been serving you. You know why we're here? We are innocent people. No. God, we thank you. That we are worthy to suffer this because we did the right thing. God, we thank you. Because by preaching and casting on that spirit from that girl, we are in this position. We thank you. That's all. Praise the living God. And God showed up. And look at the condition of the girl I mentioned before. They were not expecting anything. In fact, they were hopeless. Because the doctors have tried, everybody have tried. They were just completely hopeless about the guest situation. So to them, this girl is mad and she's mad. Because doctors couldn't do nothing about it. And so they just started saying, God, we thank you. We thank you for what is happening to the girl. You have the best for her. We thank you that all this why we have prayed nothing has happened. We thank you for the doctors who are taking care. We thank you that she will be in the hospital. We thank you. We thank you. And that's all that was needed. The next thing God began to touch the life of this child and begin to release the child from madness. What a miracle. Same thing that happened with Paul and Silas. We thank you that we are worthy to suffer for your name's sake. We thank you that we are in this condition. We thank you that we are bound. Thank you, God, for who you are. And that was enough to break the cell open. Praise the living God. The power of praise, the freedom is praise, is something that you can describe. But we have to learn to understand how to praise God. So it's not just about because you are happy. It's in situations where things are so rough and tough. But you see, can exhort God. Hallelujah. Go with me to First Chronicles 16, verse 34. First Chronicles 16, verse 34. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For his good. Hallelujah. For his mercies endureth forever. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For his mercy is endured forever. And he's a good God. Amen. Amen. Look, go to verse 8 of the same chapter. First Chronicles 16, verse number 8. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Give thanks unto the Lord. Just like our uncle just did this morning. Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds. That's your testimony. Speak of good things about God. Let his name be exalted in the midst of the congregation. Don't hide the things that he has done for you. Your testimony is a praise unto God. Are you following what I'm talking about here? I want you to capture it. When he says, give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Remember the definition of testimony? To say good things about someone or something. So when you come out here to give testimony, what do you think you're doing? You're praising God. You see what I'm saying now? You're praising God. You're giving him glory. Now, if God inhabits the praise of his people, that simply means when you're giving thanks, we're giving testimony, God is coming down. It means you could have more so that you can praise more. Is anybody getting this? The more you commit yourself to saying things about God that are good, to appreciating God for who he is, the more his goodness is manifested to your life. This is what David is saying here. Praise the living God. So again, we go back to that number 34 of the same chapter. You can read all of it down and begin to see what David was saying. So when he get to verse 34, he said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, 
for he is good. How many of you understand what that means? God is good. And all the time, the Lord is good. Amen? There is no season that God is not good. There is no time that God is not good. There is no situation that God is not good. God is good. In other words, the nature of God is goodness. His character is goodness. Are you following what I'm talking about? God is good. Just think about that and begin to analyze that. So no matter what is going on, he is a good God. He will never change from being good because that is his nature. It's another one saying that God is love. God does not have love. God is. Amen? Are you listening to me? Remember a time they came to, 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 to Jesus and said, good master. Right? And he was saying, good master to him. It's like Jesus was trying to say, what do you mean, good master? Because he said, only God is good. You know what I was trying to tell them? If you believe God is good, and you call me good master, then I'm God. Did you get that? They came to him and said, good master. And he said, only God is good. So, invariably you're confessing that I am God. But you are not believing that I am God. But you're confessing it. By saying God is good. For only God is good. Amen? And so David said, only God is good. He's saying, God is good. For his mercies endure forever. So when you know that God is good, in any situation... You can praise Him. In any circumstance, you can say good things about Him. Things are up. And people are coming to you to say, what is going on? God is good. Why is your condition this way? God is good. When are you coming out of this? God is good. Why? Because His mercy endures forever. That means in that situation, God is going to show His mercy. His loving kindness will be made manifest. Just like He did to the children of Israel. I mean, Paul and Silas. God is good. Anytime, anywhere. Praise the living God. And only God is good. At any time, any situation, any circumstance, God is good. Think about this, people of God. You see life? You see, there is something you need to understand about persistency and consistency in life, in believing and trusting God at all times. Why is this so? Look at it this way. If you have two people on a journey, one is walking to the other side, another one is walking to the other side, both of them will arrive on the same destination. They are spending the same energy in getting to a better destination. But one will go to the realm of light and one will go to darkness. The man that persists, if for instance, both of you are on a journey, you're facing somewhere, you're walking down the road, and all of a sudden, one among you decides to turn around and begin to go back. He's still walking, but walking in the wrong direction. You is persisting, you finally go and get into the light. And Jesus said, they have laid their hands on the plow, they are not fit to turn back. You lay your hand on the plow, you don't look back. Are you following what I'm talking about? Your faith in God should be consistent because you are coming to the place of light and glory. Your faith in God should be consistent because right there where you are going, there is freedom, there is liberty, there is joy abounded. Hallelujah! That's why you must be persistent and consistent in things about life. Take on your journey in God. Stay on with Christ. No matter what is going on, you come into the place of your prophetic destiny. You're going to arrive. Hallelujah. See, Lord's wife, Lord said, let's go. The wife looked back. She became a pillar of salt. Are you getting what I'm talking about? The same energy that we are taking you to go to the front, you spend it in looking back. And then you charge yourself. You cut off the glory and the beauty of God's life that has laid ahead of you. You must understand that God is good and God is faithful. And His mercy endured forever. Not in a moment, forever. Not some season, forever. At any point in time, His mercy endured forever. You need to understand this. Praise the living God. Are you following what I'm doing here? I want you to capture this and begin to see where God is bringing you into. I'm trying to say this. Don't you ever look back. You lay your hands on the plow. 
don't look back. Let me show you something. How many of you can drive a car here? Anytime you're on your steering, you dare not look back, you look the side mirror. But if you turn your head back totally, of course your steering is going to be on the other side. Are you there with me? What about if you're plowing on the road? You know how to plow with horses? You see the picture of plowing? Where you plow with the horse, the ridges are straight. But if you turn back, you're going to turn your steering and the ridges will bend. Your life takes a different course when you begin to look back. Are you listening to me? God wants you to be focused. God wants you to be committed. You get to your destination. Man, for you, God is good. And his mercy is endured forever. He has not determined to change. He will not change. He is not prepared to change. God is good. Who he is, that is what he is. That is why when you come to the Lord, you must believe that he exists. And he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Are you with me today? I want you to get to that place, people of God. That you have to know it for sure. That praises does a lot of miracles to you and on your behalf, even on your people. Do you have some people whose situation is so terrible? It's about time to begin to praise God for their lives. Hallelujah. Have you, do you have relations who seems not to be making it? It's about time to begin to give thanks to God for their lives. Are you having a situation that you feel medically is defiling medical application? It's about time you give thanks to the Father. Are you there with me? For God is good and His mercy endureth forever. He is not going to change. Situations will change. God is not changing, but your situation is changed. Things are so rough for you. There's a turnaround. God is not changing, that that thing is going to change for you. Hallelujah! For God is good, and His mercies endure forever. Not for a season, not for a day, not for a moment. The mercies of the Lord endures forever. And He's a good person. His nature is goodness. His nature is faithfulness. His nature is loving kindness. His nature is endurance. Everything about Him endures forever. It may be lasting. His goodness lasts forever. His love lasts forever. His faithfulness lasts forever. That is the God we worship. We are not going to turn back. No matter what we see, we're going to praise the Lord. No matter what is going not, we're going to give thanks to him. Anywhere we find ourselves, God is good. Whatever thing we're saying, God is good. And somebody says, how are you saying that? Because I know all things work together for good to them that love God, who are called according to his purpose. God has a purpose for me, that's why he called me. So God is good. Hallelujah. Come and stand up somebody. We're going to praise God. We're going to appreciate him. I want you to begin to thank the Father. Begin to thank the Father right at this moment. Maybe you have one situation or the other. It's about time you take it up to the Father. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.